listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. That's right. You found yourself at the absolute outer rim of all podcasts. Welcome to Two Sons of Tatooine. I'm one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. MP Bro, and I'm joined as always by my fellow host, Mr. Jonathan Cohn. We're going to jump right into discussion today as we're continuing our review of The Bad Batch. This episode, the sixth episode, is entitled Decommissioned, and we travel to Corellia to meet up with everyone's favorite sibling duo. Just kidding. (laughs) So let me throw it to Jonathan for some overall impressions about this episode. I would like the record to be shown that I wrote the Just Kidding on on (laughs) that. So He scripted the intro. I scripted that, so it's not... Not just Nathan hating on him. Anyway, um, now I, I enjoyed this episode. I still think there hasn't been a bad episode uh, in the whole batch of episodes we've gotten. Um, uh, yeah, still, not a bad one in the batch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we So far, I've loved all of the episodes. I think this one does a very good job of connecting different things. Uh, Clone Wars ask feelings with this new series um you see more of them we're finally getting into the mercenary aspect of of the storytelling that we were promised um uh so that's that's really nice um uh we're seeing omega be part of the crew more we're seeing Mm -hmm. characters from other parts of star wars properties pop prop up pop up everywhere um Mm -hmm. uh we're seeing very funny moments and very Oh my goodness, they're doing this now moments. So I think this is a very full, packed episode. Lots of fun in it. Um, uh, And I think it does some things better than its counterparts in the Clone Wars do. And we'll get to that in a Hmm. minute. Yeah, the differences in it are pretty stark, but I think the quality of the animation is definitely staying really high. Yeah. Um, We don't have a one-shot off kind of episode the way that we did for... Most of Clone Wars. Yeah. Final season of Clone Wars had three different arcs, you know. Yeah. And they divided it up into, you know, multiple episode series. But this, full-on serialized, continues to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're taking the time. And, and some would say that they're even going kind of slow. Yeah. Some want it to move, move a little bit faster. Uh, some things they do quite a bit quickly, you know. Some of the transitional, there's not a lot of travel I would yeah. say the pacing is still generally faster than Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Generally faster. But, you know, it's definitely not on the record-setting pace that some of the kids' shows would go to. Um, yeah. And I'm th- like, my mind goes to in the 90s, like, some of the cartoons had such strict re- regulations that, like, they would just progress through entire arcs of story. I'm thinking of, like, the animated Spider-Man series, which would yeah. go through, like, entire comic book, like, arcs in like two episodes and yeah. <laughs> would do like the whole venom art and you're like man that was you just flew through that but um this one obviously not quite at that speed but still still fast yeah. um character development uh i still feel like omega is the one who's getting most of the development mm-hmm. which is probably for the best yeah um but we're still waiting on that main driving factor she's just she gets a little bit of training to start mm-hmm. out the episode she's practicing with the uh the bow, I don't know the name of this weapon. Do you know? Zygerian, we'll just call it like a, is it like a it's not a crossbow. It's like a regular bow. It's um, the, uh, and you have my bow. 
Yeah, you have my um, bow. It's uh, it reminds me a little bit of that um, one of the Odysseus or Clash of the Titans movies or whatever, and they had mm-hmm. this bow that would fire. You didn't have to reload arrows. Every <laughs> time you fired it, there would be yeah. another arrow on the string. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like that, but it's just energy weapon. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a cool weapon, but it when is. you have a trigger gun, yeah, it's not. It's it's one of those. It's not an ideal. Why give weapon? the kid? Why give the kid a bow and arrow when like <laughs> it takes so much more physical exertion as they basically? They're going to they're going to build up. They're going to build up her muscles. Uh, that's how they're going to do it. Mm. Get her to hold it up there. It's they, she needs to go to band camp, learn how to stay a set for. Yes, uh, <laughs> she needs a holding party. <laughs> a holding party. Hold that bow all the way back <laughs> for ten minutes. Oh man, I I remember those <laughs> all too well. Where, in fact, it was easier. Born. It was easier for me doing the tuba because it was resting on my shoulder. Yeah, the holding party was nothing, and yet you still complained. I was <sighs> okay. My first year, you had a fiberglass tuba that weighs like. Zero compared to a full-on, like, okay. con-sized tuba that weighs, like, 25 okay. pounds. Yes. Anyway. So, it, it, <laughs> but I was really small for you a tuba really player when I started. Um, I, I didn't complain by the end uh, the no, last, last we, couple of years. No, I didn't. I loved, um, uh, I loved playing the tuba, and I loved, like, being at set, and I would love when, uh, when the, the drum players they would, like, lean over because it would it would go all the power the the pressure would go on their back and it would relieve their shoulders and they were like you could see the sweat stains anyway that's getting <laughs> off track but yeah you, she needs themselves doing that she needs a uh, a holding party for her uh, her bow and arrow um, yeah uh, and it's funny that Sid just walks in and just goes pew 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 and she's just like yeah and just throws the thing back at her <laughs> um, being in the America region that we are sometimes kids in our families and things like that have their first experience shooting a firearm or yeah something like that and i've been a part of groups where we sat around and you know we watched them and we would chuckle and be like hey that was horrible you know <laughs> hey that wasn't too bad you know that do it like this you know you always have the one overactive person who's like trying to coach every every mistake away when they're literally just yeah you know they're okay. they're not even really strong enough to control anything but just keeping it from flying out of their hands while they hold it, you know. Yeah. Should they be firing it? Well, yes, they can. They can fire, you know. They can write write training and they understand what they're doing. The Kevin Hart (laughs) thing where he goes to fire and it just goes, and he just falls over. Right out of his hands. (laughs) I've seen that happen all too many times. If you don't, literally, if you do not have the right training, then just don't even do it because you'll you'll probably hurt yourself and somebody else. But she's sitting around and echoing, uh, uh, pff, Omega is literally just it's almost like she's firing at a dartboard you know yeah. she's just shooting in the bar right there and they're just crack, cracking jokes you got the, the weak way dude over there he's like hey 10 bucks says she misses you know whatever you know and they're, they're, they're betting on each other mm-hmm. and uh, she actually hits it one time and then she you know of course she fails after that the thing is I'm I'm so so glad that she's messing up and failing because yeah. I had so many worries when they first introduced her and she like knocks Crosshair's gun out of his hand or something. She like her yeah. first try Lucky attempt shot. was amazing. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh, she's gonna be busted, overpowered." They didn't learn their lesson with Ray. Here comes another Mary Sue. You know, she's gonna be the best at everything. No, they decided not to do that, and she's now learning skills like a normal person, and uh, you know, training and. 
even though she does kind of progress a little bit quickly through the episode, mm-hmm. she's she's failing, and that's good to see your characters fail and grow because that's how you uh, that's how you learn to appreciate uh, their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, they anyway, get their, they get their mission to go to Corellia, which. Um, yes. Made me really excited because I was like, Corellia. "Ooh, Corellia, Han Solo, um, Han Solo." This is significantly before. I think this is like five or six years before the events of Solo. Um, uh, so we still have not even gotten to Corellia being a fully industrialized state yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we haven't gotten to the events of some of the books and comics that have to do with uh, Solo. Uh, that story, but uh, we still get to see some of Corellia. It still kind of looks just like a normal city planet kind of thing. Nothing too remarkable about it. Um, although they have that factory with all the droids um, that they're melting down, um, uh, and they're going after a droid, tactical droid head. Um, uh, and I thought it was interesting that they were just like a tactical droid. They weren't. They, it's not like there was one tactical droid that they were going yeah. after as mercenaries. It was just a tactical droid. It's like if they had found two, they'd be like, "All right, Martez sisters, you guys take one, we'll take the other." Like mm-hmm. it just so happened that oh, there's only one left. <laughs> How unfortunate. Yeah. Thinking of back to all the tactical droids that they killed. Um, yeah. It's um, you you have to ask the question of. Did the tactical droids upload their combined knowledge um, towards the end of Bad Bat? Not of, of Clone Wars with the whole thing of Echo. Echo's yeah. mind is taken over, and his strategies. Well, it's really it's Rex's strategies that they've analyzed, yeah. and they've actually, you know, decoded them, put them in a way to where they can transmit and analyze mm-hmm. using him. And well, that asks the question of how much of the, how much of the separatist droid strategy and analytical process had been um computerized and made standard into new models of you know of these droids well i don't know did that one like the one that we have left did it have a whole whole lot i mean how many battles did it even have of it going against clones that we know of we don't know it could have had a lot or none or it could be a full reservoir of like all of these commander tactical droid units we don't know but yeah. they did manage to to get the one, and then of course it, they get the copy of it. Really, is what they get. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Sid, Sid was a fun character again. She's kind of a she's like a a not so nice Maz. She's a yeah, that's a good. <laughs> she's, she's yeah, she's like if Maz was more neutral. Yeah, who. I feel like I recognize the character almost, but it, I'm not really sure from from where. She's not anyway. in anything else. Yeah, yeah. It, it may be just the voice actor. Yeah. I know it's I, not I, the character, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the voice actor, but um, I do I do enjoy Sid. I hope that Sid continues to be recurring. I hope that, you know, they build that up. Because in uh, Rebels, the problem was you had Visago for like maybe two or three episodes, and then he just disappears. Um, and you have Hondo a little bit, but like not much. So like they didn't have that type of a middleman character in the Rebels series, mm-hmm. and I think it suffered because it just seemed like they were just kind of desperately doing whatever they could. Whereas this, it seems like all right, uh, Sid is the middleman; she's directing them where to go, and then they're going to do it. And then she contacts the buyer. It sounds like a smart machine-like quality. So it mm. seems better organized this time. 
and Sid very much, you know, pushes them a little bit. But in this episode, doesn't even give them a choice. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, this is a mutually beneficial thing. Well, you, you basically almost have to do the job. We haven't agreed to anything. Yeah, yeah you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So they, you know, you know, they they definitely present her as like she could potentially turn the tides against them if she ever decided mm-hmm. that they were not useful to her anymore. Yeah. Will that happen? I don't know. Um, I don't know. It, it definitely could happen, or she could be betrayed and forced into that if she's captured or whatever, and yeah. she's trying to deny it for a while, but then, of course, you know, eventually mm-hmm. they'll get that out of you. I don't know. Sid is a good character, but not somebody I would trust wholeheartedly. Nope. Mm, certainly not yet. We'll see. Um, so we'll get to the job. The Corellian job. Yeah. The, um, uh... You see, I, I I thought that it was smart to make the factory so dark because it's easier to animate uh, a very dark setting because you don't have to draw as much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably cheaper to to draw the factory than if they did it out in the open during the daytime, light time. You know, um, that's a reason why a lot of movies, if you're supposed to be going to an exotic place, they make it set in darkness so that they can do it on a soundstage. Mm. Um, so, hmm. Well, I liked the this the way that they sneak in to the system is by attaching themselves to that bigger transport. Yeah, underneath it, the way that Han did with the mm-hmm. Falcon, he attached and just hid under there in Empire. Um, so that was a cool strategy. Always fun yeah. to see, like a little callback to that. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember like Wrecker. Maybe some of that he like quips and is like. They're making some comment like, oh, we're doing that little trick again or something. Yeah. So they've apparently done it before. Um, it's a smart trick. Like spinning. <laughs> spinning is a good trick. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to get a gif of uh, the scene with Darth Vader. It goes, what? And uh, uh, his <laughs> TIE fighter goes spinning Spinning's off. a good trick. Spinning's a good trick. <laughs> Young Anakin versus Vader in a star yeah. battle. <laughs> And the whole uh, time, Ghost of Jar Jar Binks is just like you know, commenting on it like an annoying, annoying Vader, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Hi, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, the robot That's, chicken version. They actually, yeah. <laughs> so uh, man, we we have such a similar humor because my mind went to robot chicken too. So <laughs> yeah. The tactical droids they learn they get stronger or not stronger, but they learn they get more tactical the more that they fought clones. Yeah. That's the f- that's the thing, and apparently there's only one left. There's this, you know, just droid parts scattered everywhere, like a big conveyor belt, and yeah. you know, it's another type of like the droid assembly line that we saw in Attack mm. of the Clones. It's reminiscent of that. It's just, well, now we're melting them down. Who knows what we're making? Probably just ship holes or, yeah. you know, Corellia become known for having you know a good shipyard, so yeah. probably. Probably something to do with that. Um, repurpose them somewhat. But yeah. the uh, <clears throat> yes, they're at night. They're um, sneaking in. And uh, I think that's when we introduced us to the, the police droids. We see them. Yeah, and then later on, we have to fight them. But fight them, yeah. It's very, I, it's very smart of the writers to do police droids because they can avoid killing. Because when, <laughs> when there are workers there, they make a point that they don't ever kill the workers. They just knock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, this is kind of a kids' show, and the workers are kind of innocent. So yeah, these are not the type of droids that are like gonna like lean on your neck for nine minutes or anything like that. Um, so anyway, wow. 
Wow. You just, just because went there. they're police droids, just because they're police droids doesn't mean they're gonna do that. Droids uh, lives matter. Huh? I said droids lives matter. Are we are we allowed to joke about this? We're gonna get canceled just because <laughs> Nobody listens to us. We're so gonna get canceled. Nobody <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> <clears throat> if, day, if anything from the uh, episode when you that's run coming for president, out, when you yes, run, this is all going to be held you. against me. Yep, yep. This is why I'm not running for president. I'm going to be the chief of staff because nobody knows you're there, but you have all the power. You have all the power. You set the mm-hmm. schedule for the president, for everybody who he meets, who gets to see him, all of the what, control what's said is to in him? your hands. Yep. Did you learn that from watching, like, The State West Wing. The West Wing. <laughs> no, because they brought on... Oh, yeah. This is a side tangent, but this is fascinating. They brought in two... When they were writing The West Wing, they had... Even though they had one writer, Aaron Sorkin, in charge of it, they brought on an assortment of other people who worked in different White Houses. Mostly, they were people who worked in the Clinton White House, but they brought some people who worked in the Reagan White House and in Bush 2, Bush uh, 41, some of his people as well. So, um, uh, they brought all of them in, and they basically taught... Sorkin, how the White House works. And so, most of the time, when something's happening in the show, it would happen in real life that way, because that's how the staff works. And so, when, you know, when, when the chief of staff gets there at 6am and stays until midnight, that's very normal in Washington for the chief of staff. Like, the chief of staff has the worst job, because he's there all the time. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. Back to uh, the Bad Batch, which is what people want to hear. <laughs> Wonder who um, was Palpatine's chief of staff. Uh, we we know that um, uh, the his vizier is uh, Masameda, who basically serves in the f- in w- when there is a Senate, he serves as the vice uh, chancellor in the Senate. Mm. Um, however, when he takes over, he basically just makes him just vizier and basically makes him not chief of staff. It's more like a. An ex- a form of executive, but it's like his number two mm-hmm. uh, executive. But he didn't have that much power that he couldn't say stuff. But he could write reports. He could fill stuff out. He could <clears throat> order people around. He just couldn't like launch an invasion somewhere. Mm. You know. Yeah. He didn't have that kind of power. Yeah, he could fill the shoes for basic everyday stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the clones they disembark. They've got this huge ladder, apparently, to get into the factory. Yeah. And we're reminded of Wrecker's, you know, apparently he's afraid of heights. And my thought is like, dude, you're probably the one person that would survive a fall, a like, fall that like that mm-hmm. on the team anyway. Although that did look like a long ladder. Like, mm, that, that that would be a, a little bit daunting, even for someone who's not afraid of heights. If you look really, really closely, there's a little Easter egg on that ladder. Um, they wrote the name Eckhart's on it, but you have to zoom in super, super far to see that. Um, you have so. to tilt your head, squint, and think squint. real hard. Yes. <laughs> but they, but it's fitting that he would be on a on a planet that makes ships. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if you're lost, th- guess what? We're not going to explain the joke. <laughs> that just means that you're not into YouTube and the Star Wars culture, you know? You just you just missed out on the joke. It wasn't all that worth. Trust me, it was not all that good. Okay, so <laughs> once they're inside, um, we see the factory which we talked about, and um, they just intro- start like, "Hey, 
you know, I think that's when they assign record a crosshair's job and he yeah. complains. He's like, but that was crosshair's job. And I don't it's, a, it's, keep it's like foreshadowing because crosshair's the one that had his chip go off and now yeah. Wrecker's the one with the chip to go off. So he's filling crosshair's job. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Separating him is not the best. They needed it. They really need to start putting things together on this because yeah. it's going to, it's going to bite them really soon. Yeah. Um, I started. I even started to get that that feeling in my gut this episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, it's really soon to, to have this happen." Yeah, but I, are they going to pay it off? Oh, they're going to pay it off. This. I mean, I didn't know that they. I did I was like, "Wait, are they really paying this off now?" Now, yeah, yeah. It, I, I thought it was too soon. Yeah. So when it stopped, I was like, "That's good." Like they're basically they're really letting you know. Like they, this is a kids show, so they're, they're knocking you over the head with the this. First, like we knew. All we needed was the first dunk of the head for us to already know. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, for nine-year-olds, you know, unless you were a homeschooled nine-year-old and you were actually raised (laughs) and got good education, you know, (laughs) picking up on stuff, then hey. (sighs) I mean, I'm just just sitting here as a teacher bad-mouthing public school. So, the binoculars, they get spread out, and they're like, hey, find the head. Or find the droid. We gotta find this tactical unit, right? Yeah. I mean, it was that's a that's a fine little plot, but at this point, I was like, okay, let's get to this. Let's get to this stuff. Um, I would not have. I would. I like. I didn't see the um the the reveal of who the the workers were gonna be. I wouldn't have gotten that if you hadn't like uh, tipped me off earlier because like I was not expecting them to put them in this show. Like, I thought we were never going to mm-hmm. see them again. But I now that we never see them again. <laughs> now that we did, it makes sense. Like, kind of like, we were wondering, why did they include the Bad Batch arc in The Clone Wars Season 7? Like, yes, it was basically done, but it didn't seem like it was necessary, a plot that was necessary to clean up the story. Now we know it's because they needed to do, wanted to do this show. Well, now one of the reasons that they included the Martez sisters in the Clone Wars is they knew they were going to use them in some capacity here. And I, for one, we've been texting about this, so we, we already know this, but I think that their use is better here because it's quicker. It's not as annoying in the way that they're written. Um, they're viewed almost like antagonists in some ways. Um, uh, and they start working for the rebellion, which makes them more interesting. So I think they work better they're not great characters yet. I still don't like them, but they're better than they were in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. The dumbest thing I've seen a Star Wars character do was when they dropped their shipment of spice, like, in space, leaving all of their leverage completely gone. They could have... Yeah. If they had just delivered it and finished the job, they're fine. Or yeah. if they would have, like, sold it to somebody else, then they could have at least gained them as an ally and gained yeah. resources. But, like... When they did that, and I haven't been back to revisit the Martez sisters arc in season yeah. seven, I don't know that I would enjoy it anymore. But possibly if they get more character development, yeah. they just they, when we say really they are. were less annoying here, you know, that doesn't mean that they weren't annoying. <laughs> they were still annoying to me, but the fact is they weren't as dumb as they were the last time. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Um, uh, they take off the helmet, reveal themselves, and I'm like, oh, no. Even without the haircuts, because, like, they both yeah, have very, was... like, kind of 2020 feminist 
haircuts that are more of the modern style, you know? Yeah, and I so, don't like that hairstyle either. I don't, but yeah, it's it that we already complained about that in what are we? Oh, it was um, it was squadrons. Yes, when, yeah, squadrons. When Trent and I played squadrons, and like everybody had weird haircuts in the Empire, we're like, okay, all right, we get it in the the you know the Republic. Okay, it's free. The Rebellion, everybody can have whatever hair they want. But the Empire, you had a very strict, you had a very strict yeah so. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of the same thing, but you're willing to forgive it because they're just totally on their own. They can do whatever they want, and aliens are supposed to be weird, uh, so they can be weird as the humans, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, I think it was Omega that spotted the head. She goes after it, and I can't remember which one of the two sisters Mm -hmm. was there. It was uh, uh, the younger one, uh, Trace. Trace, okay. That she runs into initially. So they actually, um, they get into it and like, uh, Omega is holding her at point basically with the, with the, with bow and arrow, right? Yeah. With her, what are we going to call this thing? Bow and arrow. The, the bow and arrow blaster. The Zygerian bow. uh, The the Rio bow and arrow. (laughs) It's oh. a Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Rio Bolero. So, so anyway, it turns out Katniss's arm starts to get tired. <laughs> and she's like, <clears throat> she's holding this thing while she lets Trace or whoever talk for like Oh, forever. no, it is. I think it is Rafa. No, it, it is, is Rafa because Trace is. Yeah, uh, okay, so it is Rafa. Yeah, it is Rafa. Sorry, I was because yeah, because Rafa's like, you better shoot, you better, you better do it, and then she just knocks the bow out of her hands. I expected her when she knocks the bow out. I expected out of Omega to say a full house, how rude, or something. Because it was like, come on, how rude. There's a trope in Star Wars that um, you always make things worse with the like the accidental shot. So my mind always goes to like the Anakin versus Obi Wan fight where like they're battling. And accidentally slice the entire shield thing on Mustafar, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the whole system just starts burning up and falling into lava, yeah. which eventually results in like Vader getting cr- extra crispy as well. But um, <laughs> but here Omega, like just one single stray bolt, is all it takes for them to like. I guess it's like this vent or something she hits, and like explosive yeah. gas starts leaking in, and all of a sudden they're like, oh crap. And it alerts all the security droids to their position, and it's and just... they start they start working together uh, to yeah they get to fight against to the together. droids yeah mm-hmm. common common enemy uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing, um, uh, and they have to work together. Uh, it's funny that uh, Rafa basically saves um, uh, 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 Hunter I, at one point, oh, like with a shot, and says, "Don't expect gratitude" or something like that. But then the moment that um, uh, you know uh, Omega falls into the 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 incinerator and they reach and pull her out, he instantly thanks Trace because you know Omega means everything to him, and so he mm. he shows appreciation where they don't. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, Hunter's a likable character. He is a likable character. I do like. <laughs> he, I really. He, he is very likable. Actually, he is, he is very a very much. good character. I, I I really like Hunter. He's 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 the dad of the 
the Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. He's filling a place that I feel like Kanan had in Rebels, but I actually like Hunter's place better because Kanan, <laughs> Kanan was a little bit more smug. He was so cynical. He was yeah, so he was very smug. Cynical. Yeah. yeah, whereas Hunter still has like a little bit of joy in him because he, he has more of a father-daughter relationship with Omega. So I, I, I like his <clears throat> He's his got no secrets. Better. Yeah. He's got no hidden agenda. He's got... Respect for everybody. Mm-hmm. He's a he's he's just a a character that you know is you know he's not hiding anything. Obviously, yeah. he's good, totally good. Kanan was good too, but Kanan also had previous trauma to deal with, mm-hmm. and it sometimes made him be a jerk. Yeah, I thought I, I if if you at disagree times, with me at times the character of Kanan, <clears throat> yeah, he does. And of course, Freddie Prince Jr. is a jerk, but the character was a jerk a little bit because of him. It's true, Jonathan. Don't look at me like way. He is a jerk. You know he is. It's anyway, thing. he uses foul words to talk about his Star Wars fans. He uses the wordy dirds. All of us are all these bad things. Come on, be nice. If only Star Wars nice. Theory never used bad words, but okay. Who? Star Wars Theory. Anyway, moving on. Talking theory about... doesn't really. Anyway. I don't think he cusses much, but. Sometimes. Anyway, going Sometimes. to going on to the next part, I really <laughs> cracked up when the echo moment happened. Oh, that was the best moment. Uh, it that was, was so the funny. Best. I texted you, and yeah, we both loved it. So oh, it describe so, the moment. <laughs> so they're, they're working on something, and they, they keep saying the same thing. And so uh, Trace says, uh, is there an echo in here? And then Echo's like, yes! What is it? <laughs> yeah. he like, he's right beside her. Is yeah. there an echo in here, she says? And <laughs> he's, he's like, right there. And I'm like, oh, oh that's It's like, he's been that waiting. That was written for me. Yeah, it's like, he's ever since the Rishi Moon He's been waiting to use that line. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, that cracked me up. I love it. Like, I they need to do that with uh, with the other clones. Like, get something about a wrecker, and then wrecker's like, "Yes, I've been ready for this," or something. Like, it, it worked perfectly. Um, and using the tactical droid to make all the other droids fight the the police yes. droids was now, that smart. Was really smart. Yeah. It took a. I guess it took. A reprogramming from whatever tech did to it, like yeah. he he was very on the spot with that particular job. But then again, I expect him to because they've been fighting droids for so long. Their yeah. expertise is going to be right at the top when it comes to droids. Oh, of course. And it makes me think: Have why didn't they do this in the Clone Wars? Why didn't they just always just try to find a tactical droid and just make the droids turn on each other? <laughs> like make that their signature move, like. This would have saved so many clone lives. Uh, um, there would probably be <clears throat> fail safes, yeah, in place and more tactical droids, whatnot. I don't know. I don't know. For sure, it would be a there'd be multiple ways to deactivate them, mm-hmm. which maybe I don't know. But just a good question. I, I like your train of thought there. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, that was a fun scene, especially when they say, "Man, I never thought I'd uh, I'd be so happy to see droids uh, working yeah. with me or something." Like that's a very yeah. relatable line. Yeah, it's a little bit paralleling to the way, you know, Mando gets along with IG-11 later on. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. never expected you to sacrifice yourself for me, or for sure. But here, it was just good to hear the voice of Matthew What's-His-Face doing the lines again. Yes, Matthew Wood, yeah. Yeah, mm. he's so great. He's so great. The I, voice, guess, I guess we're fighting. Orders are orders. <laughs> I, like, I know that 
Like we just watched, um, I, or I recently rewatched parts of Phantom Menace. Yeah, I wish they had had Matthew Wood's voice for the mm-hmm. Phantom Menace droids. Like, they would have been so much more funny. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Anyway, it, they they're great. So, um, how does he have the time to do this? Like, he's such a busy guy. He's got really? so many projects he's working on. As in the sound, he is literally the head of Lucasfilm's sound stuff, Skywalker Sound. He is. Like, he has Ben... What job Ben Burt had. And Ben Burt had, like, one movie every couple of years to deal with. Matthew Wood has, like, had a movie every year, plus TV shows. Now he has multiple series every year. Yet he has time to be in Mando for a scene. Um, and he has time to record lines for this. Like, he is such a busy guy, and he does such a great work. So I'm very impressed by him. Mm. I don't remember the exact reason, moving on, um, that Wrecker had to get to the main control panel. Yeah. I don't remember, but he has to, like, face his fear of heights. He has to jump and grab onto this crane thing. Yeah. And then swing across. And as he swings across, of course, he bumps his head again, falls to the ground. And Starts that's when we're all like, oh, boy. So what's your theory? Followers. What is going to happen when he actually has the chip fully engaged? Like, there's no Jedi left for them to kill. Mm-hmm. There's no... I mean... Does the chip make you loyal to the Empire? Does it make you... What would it make him do to turn it, back and, like, signal the... his You know, a commanding officer or something in the you, Empire? It makes you turn not only against the Jedi, but against anyone who supported the Jedi. So... If it, I think that turn, the chip turning on makes him turn against the Bad Batch because the Bad Batch tried to help the Jedi or tried to f- disobey orders or something. They didn't really do anything besides let Kanan go. Yeah. That's the only... Well, Kid Kanan, Caleb Boone. Yeah. But I mean, um, I think that, you know, it did... And that was know, just Hunter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think like the chip, it's like an overall type thing. Like it's not just like a specific thing. It's like a all right, anyone who is not following orders is dead to me. But so. here's the thing: like, does the Bad Batch not like talk to each other, <laughs> tell each other what happened, and go over this stuff? And when you're like when your main guy, like your biggest strongest dude, starts talking constantly for months. Or yeah. at this point, weeks. Yeah. Man, my head hurts after every mission. Mm-hmm. I keep getting it bumped. Somebody would be like, wait a minute. Where <laughs> does it weird. hurt? Yeah. That's where the chip, where the chip is. is. Uh, we should probably fix this before <laughs> anything yes. goes yes, wrong. Yes, you're right. And they, they, they could fix this. But then again, they're not expecting. They think that the rest of them don't have chips or that <clears throat> it, there's no way their chips are going to activate. Or, like They think there's no way this is going to happen. Um, uh, so they're not expecting it. So, you know, I just, I just think they're just not prepared. Um, but yes, communication would be good. Um, but yeah, that's, that's leading up to what's going to be in the future. And I do think it's going to be by the season finale or right beforehand. Like the episode before the season finale is when we're going to see. I think it'll be mid season. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be mid season. This episode. Sorry. If if because he is such a vital part of the crew that I don't even know what they would do without him. Like, yeah, you know that they're definitely going to be at a big disadvantage without Wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't. I think they're gonna find a way to bring him back in the fold. I think that that's when they're yeah. gonna go to Rex or something and remove the chip or something. Um. So I think at the same time as this going on, Omega gets her leg caught in the belt somewhere, and it's like, just Did she's trapped. Do you of anything? Uh, what? What does it remind you of? It reminded me of Toy Story Three. Oh, uh, them all going into the incinerator, and I did not the think claw. that we were going to see her. Yeah, <laughs> the claw. I did not think we were going to see her fall in. Like the moment where she falls off, like I thought, oh my goodness, there they got to kill her. Like because no. you, I just thought once she falls in there, like it's going to be this. That metal must have been so hot because of the fire that was underneath. That, like, mm-hmm. I thought it would, like, burn her feet or something. It seemed like it wasn't phasing her, which I thought was implausible. Mm-hmm. And, again, this is a kid's show. But, um, uh, you know, but it, it reminded me of that where, you know, she's trying to crawl out and uh, it's about, about to get incinerated. She cries out for help on her comm link. Yeah. She's like, I need help now, Hunter. Hunter. Ikko. Help. Rekka. Tink. Hunter's, Hunter's dad instincts kick in, and it's like that's the one thing he's is he's he's going to go. F- oh, dude, he like her. takes out the entire base of this thing. He like immediately understands the structure of that is very easily shaken. If I just like mm-hmm. pull out this post and that post, okay, boom, boom, this thing's dead. Run to her rescue. Doesn't make it in time, but that's when Tracer, Raja, yeah, Trace. one of them, Trace, Trace this one. pulls her out, saves Omega. And uh, he says, thank you. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, whatever, <coughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. I don't owe you. You don't and she, owe me. And she yet again invites Trace and Rafa to join them. It's yeah. like, she just says, everyone join us. Uh, you should join us. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's that's, very that's, too trusting. That's a good quality, Omega. Hey, it's great, but... Not everybody's trustworthy, and you have to learn who you can trust. And not all the fans want to see Trace and Rafa regularly, so. And that's a darn sure thing right there. <laughs> so, yeah. Please. They, they're they able to escape by reprogramming the droids against the droids. And yes. They, they escape, and uh, I thought the episode ended interestingly that you see Hunter hand it off which is a win for his character, but not a win for the Bad Batch. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, they left it so abruptly that I wonder what's going to happen. Like, it leaves kind of a cliffhanger for yeah. what's going to happen to the Batch now. That they They've been sent on this job and they failed. Yeah. If they don't bring it back. I mean, he just gave over the... the basically, he just handed over the reward that they were after. So, yeah. you're right. I'm, I don't know if that in the next episode, Sid's going to be upset. But they get asked the question, hey, what are you actually doing? Who are you selling this to? You, we don't know. It's just yeah. a job. And with them, they know, hey, mm-hmm. we're fighting against the, the Empire. Yeah. And so Hunter's able to make that call and say, well, this is the moral call. And it may not hurt me or it may not benefit me, but we'll see. So mm-hmm. he does give over the data rod. You yeah. suggested maybe he has another copy. I'd say that'd be a way to skirt around the problem, and uh, probably but there won't are, happen. Remember, they inserted two things into the droid's head. They had the big long one, and then they had this little short thing. And mm. we saw him give over the big long one. But what happened to the little short thing that they were working with? Maybe that downloaded it too, and he just didn't reveal it so that they could make a copy. 
It's possible, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's, they're going to do that. It's possible. It's possible. It, it'd be skirting the issue. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, anyway, this gosh, those police droids just came in numbers. Yeah. They were everywhere. They probably killed 30 or 40 of them at least, and they just oh, kept coming. I think it was more than that. I think the body count's like close, closer to like 70 or 80. They, they were getting a lot of them. Well, <clears throat> that was basically them and their in their environment. <laughs> yeah. So they, that's what they've been doing for the past few yeah. years when they've been in the, in the service of the Republic was fighting droids. And it yeah. was good to see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though these droids were probably, I would say more advanced for sure than a oh, typical yeah. battle droid, mm-hmm. way more agile. I don't know about accuracy, but, um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause of course, Wrecker continues his moments where everybody's like, I like him, you know, <laughs> cause he just stops down and yeah. basically hulks out and, does yeah. his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what was ha- the thing about R7? Once they get back on the ship... Oh, yeah, that's the droid that they have. Um, it looks very similar to the droid that Ahsoka um, uh, is, works with in the final episode of um, Clone Wars, uh, mm-hmm. Victory or Death. Uh, Victory and Death, I should say. Um, uh, I don't know if it is the same droid, but it looks incredibly similar. So, I wonder, did Ahsoka give them that droid? I don't don't know. know. It's a good question. if Ahsoka did give them that droid, that leads leads into, is Ahsoka the person on the other end of the line? I say no. 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 Because... It's so obvious who the person is. Like, if it's not, it's like 99%. Bail Organa. Bail Organa. I'm pretty sure. It's even like the same clothes. Like, as soon as I saw his clothes, I was like... Yeah. Of course it's Bail. That's that's the most obvious answer, and it makes sense because he was working from the get-go behind the scenes against the Empire. He's it's Mon Mothma was too, but she was much more secretive than Bail Organa was. Bail was more in the open, more building armies and stuff. Um, uh, and then she becomes the one in the open when she openly defies the Empire. And then he goes back into the shadows towards the end a little bit. But the um, I, I, I agree. I, I'm 99% sure it's Bale. But the reason why it wouldn't be someone like Ahsoka is in the Ahsoka novel, she takes like a full couple of years. It's like mm-hmm. like a year and a half to two years that she is um, uh, on her own in these this little part of the galaxy. And she's not fighting. She's just doing her own thing. And then she joins with Bail Organa. So the, mm-hmm. unless the timeline has really jumped, which I don't think it has, I think still think we're only a couple of weeks or a couple of months out of Order 66, um, then I think that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's not Ahsoka. We're not, if we see Ahsoka, it's going to be like season three or season four, I think. Yeah. I definitely expect that you're right about that. I don't, I don't want them to bring her in this early. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rex, on the other hand... You know, it's not like his thing to just take off and go go take a vacation. I mean, she yeah. is she is in the in the same basically the same position that I would say Yoda is in because she doesn't have mm-hmm. a a job so much to do. Yeah, and Yoda himself goes somewhere to hide a dark side nexus of Dagobah, where you know his life form and his force abilities are going to be masked, and mm-hmm. maybe Ahsoka does the same thing <coughs> until. She- she, she mostly finds a just way to basically, help. like, closes herself off from the Force. She just kind of, like, doesn't do anything. 
um, uh, force related or tries not to. And then when she does, uh, it's because the empires arrived and the inquisitors have found her. So like the inquisitors find her because she uses the force and stuff. So, uh, the Ahsoka novel is very similar to the Kenobi novel in the way, in the same similar type beats that it has also similar to a new Dawn, which has to do with Kanan. So it's a familiar trope that they follow, but yeah, it's, she's, she's laying low like Yoda does. Yeah. I think Yoda going into exile, um, it's really important that Luke is able to train with Yoda. Had it been any other Jedi other than Yoda, I don't know that he succeeds, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a big deal. So I don't know that Yoda even himself knew why he was going into exile. Some people might accuse him of giving up or he should have been more involved. And I don't know, maybe he did, but that could be something we see in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming out. I mean, Yoda was, had been working for 900 years. He's deserved a 20 year. uh, Yeah. He's retired. Yeah. There's no golf course where he retired, but you know, Dago ball, uh, Dago golf? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> the Dagobah golf trail. Gotta get your, gotta get your card. Get the discount. It's it's huge, so huge. Yes, yes. Lots of uh, lots of animals. Um, so we're we're way off on base on that one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we're uh, we're in agreement. We think it's Bale. If so. it's not Bale, who else could it be? We've already said probably not Ahsoka. We've already I, said. Me, I, it's 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 too early for it to be Enfys Nest. She's still too young to have joined yet. Although you know, I'm thinking. Okay, here's something I would love to see. Depending on how early Enfys Nest joined the um uh joined the Clown Riders and formed the Clown Riders, what if she was like a real little girl? Like she was eight or nine when she formed them. She's like uh you remember in Game of Thrones, Lyanna Mormont. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just an awesome like just very smart and very like sick burn. Like I, I could imagine that. She's actress. like a pirate in the middle of nowhere. Though. Yeah. It's not going to be her. What? It's not going to be her. I don't think so. But now I'm just thinking, I want to see that little actress. She's a little bit older now, but I want to see her play a young Enfys nest and be just like really like intelligent with all these like older people. And like, she's the one kid in the group. I think mm. that'd be interesting. But no, I think it's I think it's Bale. Hmm. If it's not Bale, maybe it's a rebel that we don't know yet. But mm. then why would they hide his face? I don't know. Big um, reveal. It's hey, we are they're learning they're learning that you you wanna pay off reveals and I think that they're like, hey, if we show the person's face, people will talk about it for a day. Mm-hmm. We are now a third of the way through the Bad Batch series. Or season one anyway. One third of the way through. So what we've got so far is a lot of setup. We know, you know, their their goals are still, hey, we've got to get our chain codes forged. We've mm-hmm. got to got to get these chips taken care of. They they've yeah. mentioned it not most recently, but they've mentioned it as a priority as hey, we gotta get these things gone so they don't burn up, you know. So yeah. <clears throat> we've also got um Fennec Shand on our tails. We don't know who hired or we got to find out. We got Crosshair, who is on our tails also. I want to see him again. He'll be soon. I want to see him again. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure what, what the immediate next choice is, but if it's me, gosh, please get these chips taken care of. 
So you go yeah. back, <laughs> go back to Sid, and they're probably like, "Well, we failed. You know, we almost got there in time, but literally, like, we were there, and within 15 minutes of us arriving, this thing would have been burned up the last one anyway. Like, yeah, you, you were a little bit tight on the schedule, <laughs> and there was mm-hmm. some, there was somebody else there. I don't know that they're, you know, that Sid will care, but probably another job, and that's when things will turn for the worse." If they don't give yeah. him a chance to to meet Rex soon, Wrecker's mm-hmm. gonna turn against him, and it's gonna be rough. <sighs> I don't know how you take him down because even a blaster shot only stuns him. Like you couldn't set your blasters to stun because that would literally be like a tickle. <laughs> like. He's been, like, every time he's been knocked out, it's been from a blaster bolt, he gets up and he's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, th- what they'll have to do is just hit him really hard in the head, and then they take him to Rex, and Rex fixes it. That's what's going to happen, I think. Hmm. That's my prediction. I wonder if he'll have the cognizance the way that Rex did when it started happening, mm-hmm. and he'll be like, something wrong, you know, and he's shaking. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. get help. My chip, it's going wrong, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it is that whatever it, he was able to do that in a unique way. When I'm talking about Rex, I'm talking about. Um, yeah, he was the only person we've seen resist the chip so actively. Yeah. Um, so be interesting if Wrecker does as well. Crosshair didn't ever show signs of resisting, but he showed signs of he'll go along to wait and see more along the. I don't know that first mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, he. He waits a little bit. He's more cautious. But <sighs> well, I think we pretty much talked about all the episodes. Rate the episode. So. Rate it. Uh, eight out of ten. Yeah. Pretty good. Better yeah. than last episode. Uh, I don't know. I think they're about even for me. I think last episode is a little better, but um, seven and a half or seven point seven five. It's still very good, good as I said. They're 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 knocking the show out of the park every time. <clears throat> they're doing they're doing what they need to do. So, yeah, there has not been a bad one in there. Um, uh, and because it's only going to be sixteen episodes, I doubt they're going to have much filler. Like this doesn't seem like filler to me. Mm-hmm. None of the episodes have. Um, so true, very true. Okay. Um, well, thanks for give, for listening as well, everybody. We we're still enjoying these, you know, these reviews these weekly. We'll probably be doing them all through the summer, and as long as there's mm-hmm. no break, I don't know if there's a break planned. But there's not a break planned. Um, man, I'm sure I'm looking forward to next week. We've got the release of Loki. The first episode yeah. is going to come out Wednesday, I think maybe. So uh, yeah, Wednesday. We got that Wednesday. We got the next Bad Batch Friday. Disney Plus um, is knocking it, on... knocking it out of the park over the summer, and Black Widow's coming, and. I'm really excited because I'm going, my whole family's getting together and, uh, there's, we're, we didn't get, because of COVID stuff, they couldn't, and, and school stuff, they couldn't all come here for graduation. So we're doing the party stuff for graduation there. And so they said, what do you want to do? We'll do whatever you want to do. And I said, can we have a double feature of how to train your dragon and solo? And they're like, sure. <laughs> so the whole family from the little kids to the grandparents are all going to be watching those movies, <laughs> and it's going to be fun. Wow, interesting, yeah. interesting choice. I love the soundtrack yeah. to How to Train Your Dragon. I think it's mm-hmm. definitely John Powell just 
crushed it with the drums, the melodies. Oh, yeah. The... It, is, it is my favorite. It is the best. It's a, it's a great score. I wanted to mm-hmm. put it into a marching band uh, show before. <gasps> oh, really that would be to. so cool. you got to have a strong brass, anyway. li- brass line to carry those, you know. <laughs> you bum, do. Bum, bum. Yeah, bum. It's, yep. it's really got to be I'm a totally full sound, but um, mm-hmm. yes, one day, one day. So I reckon that's about all we got this week. Yeah. So until, uh, well, let me tell everyone where to find us. Find us. Um, you can, well, find actually, I want to see you do it this time. I want to see you uh, unprompted, see if you can remember all the places. You've, you've heard this feel 50 plus times, so. We are on... All the places you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Simplecast is our primary. Um, we are on Facebook at Two Sons of Tatooine. And possibly looking at sometime relatively soon, maybe getting a YouTube position as well. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for now, it's just those as well as the, asso- the affiliates of those um, iTunes... Um, places like that so uh, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and anyway those are are all the primary places I think that's all that there is I probably did not remember it as easily as Jonathan we also have Radio.com Jonathan does reviews Star Trek book reviews for Mm. his website what's the website? Roku Roku Depot Depot Bump, 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 bump. That's the Home Depot th- song. <laughs> <laughs> the Roku Depot, not the Home Depot. Uh, Roku Depot, if, if you're a Legends fan, that's a very deep cut reference in Legends. Uh, mm. Very briefly used in the leg- or, uh, uh, Legacy of the But yes, I write book reviews for Roku Depot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, do you want to do the outro or do you want me to? Uh, yes. Um, so. <laughs> Appreciate you all listening. (laughs) You can leave us a review on our Facebook page. But until next time, I'm Jonathan, a.k.a. Jonathan Cohn. And? And I'm Nathan, a.k.a. Andrew And thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. (laughs) (laughs) Through you for a living. (laughs) 